much for joining us today on episode number 112 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So when the workout gets hard, the run gets long and tiresome, work is piling up, family and friends are pulling you in every direction, what story do you tell yourself? Do you accept the overwhelm and start making excuses or do you rise up and fight against the challenge because you know that you are capable? This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So today we're talking about how running is hard, but well, quite frankly, so is life. Yes. Like the world around us is a difficult process. Everything that we're going through is a bit of a challenge. And that's kind of what makes running and life great is it's, there is a challenge to it. Right. And because, you know, without the challenge, without the struggle, what would the reward be? Right. That's one thing that a lot of people like to say, but we also want to reframe this too and kind of see like, what is the story that you're telling yourself? And this has been a a very common theme with our cross country team this year. Like whenever things start to get hard or when the kids start to struggle, like i me especially, like I typically say like, what's the story that you're telling yourself and can you tell yourself a different story? So that's kind of what we're going to go into today. So going back to what you said, Kev, like about how running is hard and so is life, right? A lot of people believe this. Right. That's, that's a big thing. It's, it's a mantra that people go with like, Oh yeah, running's hard and I'm tougher than that. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's not like the, every single day, every second of the day does not need to be this constant struggle. Right. It's that running has, and life has challenges inside of it. Absolutely. It's not that every second needs to be a battle. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, there there are ups and downs in it. And there are parts of running that are more challenging than others. There's parts of life that are more challenging. But sometimes that, that challenge is actually the exciting part. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes that's what gets you going. Like, oh, let's see if I can overcome this challenge. And sometimes, you know, you enjoy the part of, of a little bit more smooth sailing. Yeah, because you can't have challenges and struggles all the time or you would just totally get overwhelmed and break. But we all have times in our life and times in our running where we do confront these challenges or feel like we are struggling and that is a normal part of human existence because you know if everything about running came super easy like how long would you really stay committed and a great example of this it was funny um, maybe two weeks ago I put a, a question in our Facebook tribe and I asked our our group members if you had a magic wand or a genie in a lamp that could grant you any wish, what would you wish for? And one of the runners said that running would be effortless. And then I that kind of struck me. So I wrote back and I said, if it was effortless, would you still do it? What would be the point? And he wrote back, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Maybe not, you know, because without that amount of effort and things that you put into it, like what are you really getting out of it? Yeah, it's it's funny. Like people almost like the the bit of a struggle in there. Like you want some of it. It doesn't need to be impossible. That that just sounds awful. But right. there needs to be some. You know, I was I forget which which pro athlete I saw up on Twitter that they were coming off of an injury and they're like I was out there for my first run after like I don't know three or four weeks removed and they're like I just felt awkward. I felt like I couldn't even move my legs. This is someone who literally makes a living by running and they were like I felt awkward and slow and uncomfortable and everything hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's got a little bit of a struggle in there. And yeah, yeah, after a few weeks, it's going to start feeling a whole lot better. 
and you're going to get some smooth stuff, but to continue progressing, there's going to need to be a little bit more struggle also. Right, but that's one of the things that sets running apart, and that's one of the reasons that most people out there don't run. Like That's one thing that makes us special as runners is we see the challenge and we run toward the challenge head first. Like that's what we do. Like that's part of who a runner is. Like you don't back down when it starts to get hard. And if you do, you you try again the next time. That's one of the things that sets us apart. Like most runners, like if you call yourself a runner, you're not a quitter. Like you are going out there day after day and you're running and you know that some days are better than others and you know that it's going to be challenging, but that's kind of the part that also makes it really great. Yeah, without the challenge, you, you'd get a little bored out there doing the same thing. Like there's a reason why, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the the world record in the marathon in men's and women's were both broken over the weekend. Mm. Um, and like the men's only sort of kind of counts because it was kind of I was going to say, that's not an official world it's record. It's not an actual world record. They already came out and said it won't officially count because it yeah. was paced and everything. But he broke two hours. But he broke two hours. Yeah. And the reason why people are so impressed with that is because – you know, you can follow this on social media. It's the funniest of people trying to hold this pace. Mm-hmm. Like, how long can you hold his pace? There's the guy that created the giant treadmill that he brings to some of the, like, major marathons. Yeah, and the expos. It, yeah, it goes to the pace that he holds for 26 miles, and people get on it, and they try and run, and they last, like, five, six seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why it's impressive. Like, if you could go out and casually hold that plate pace while chatting with your running buddy, then him breaking two hours would not be impressive. You know that it's physically challenging. You know that it's mentally challenging. That's what makes it so cool. Exactly. And so that's what allows us to also find greatness, right? Because I feel like I've seen this a lot. Like sometimes when life starts to get a little too comfortable, I think people can sometimes create their own problems when problems don't exist. I mean, I see this in our girls sometimes and it drives me up the wall. Like everything is going great. They're like playing together and everything, they're getting along, everything is great. And then like 10 seconds later out of the blue, they'll start fighting about something. Right, because they weren't fighting. So they needed to create something just so that they could be fighting about something. And it's such a ridiculous thing, whatever it is that they create. And I see that people do this all the time in their real life as well. Like they start complaining about something like oh life is going so great and then but then but you know and there's there's always then a but or they're like looking for something to go wrong and guess what if you're looking for something to go wrong quite often it does right it's almost like people find it difficult just to stay happy Mm -hmm. like they they want to feel unhappy sometimes you know not not everybody but i think there are some people that really they feel uncomfortable when they're happy they're almost like ah this this feels like something's going wrong Mm -hmm. for me so i'm gonna create a problem i'm gonna seek out something that's going wrong so that i can then have another challenge yeah i actually read i think it was an article or a book or book chapter about that like how people feel uncomfortable just being happy a lot of times and that they do they they actually look humans are because in a way we're wired to look for danger that's kind of how humans have evolved because it's a survival mechanism so we're constantly wired to look for danger and be on the lookout and be prepared to fight against whatever danger that we encounter and when there's no danger especially in civilized life nowadays it's not like we're you know going out and hunting for food most of us like you're probably not going to get attacked by a lion partway through your day right like no more saber-toothed tigers you know so it's almost like we still have this weird innate hardwiring that is 
preparing us to find danger and be prepared when it does hit us. And so when we don't have those ominous threats like at our back door, we can find them through other ways. And and a lot of times people create conflicts with their friends, their family, loved ones, like people at their school, like for no good reason. Yeah, they'll just, they'll try and usually in in some sort of form of comparison, I think, is a big one of start comparing either to this memory you have of yourself that has become this crazy ideal memory of how Mm -hmm. things used to be. Which they probably weren't. Which they weren't at all. Or you start comparing yourself to somebody else, which is usually a terrible path to start sliding down of, of comparison to really anybody else. Yeah, it's like the old, you know, people that... Um, go back with like a high school boyfriend or girlfriend, yes. you know, or college. They they are like going through a divorce or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, I remember how happy I was when I was with this person," and then they start dating that person, and then they're like, "Oh." I remember why we broke up now. Oh, that's right. We used to fight all the time. This was not a good relationship. When you look at it in the past like that, we always tend to idealize things. It's very strange. Like, you always forget the bad. Like, I even had a friend say this to me um, a few weeks ago, like, he he was going through a, a major struggle with a loved one, and then, the, unfortunately, that loved one passed away. And when I was talking to him, he said, you know, you, you just forget all the bad stuff. Like, at, at this point, you just, all the bad stuff is gone. You only remember the good. Yeah, it's because the bad stuff doesn't, it doesn't do you any good at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like childbirth that way. You don't remember how <laughs> yeah. much painful that was. Yeah, we need to procreate so <laughs> yeah. you forget how so painful. You, you have to forget how painful that yeah. was. Yeah, So anyway, so... People do tend to compare and find these struggles or find these challenges sometimes when they don't exist. Right. So sometimes um, in terms of running, you might actually get to that point where you put out a race performance and you are totally satisfied with that race performance. It happens occasionally to runners. (laughs) Occasionally? Occasionally. You don't always cross the line and be like, "Mm, what more could I have done? Every time I cross the line, I think, wow, that was the greatest race I could have possibly done. (laughs) But every once in a while, runners will start to think, well, I feel pretty satisfied with my performance in that. And then they'll start looking for something else to make it more challenge. Mm -hmm. Find a shorter distance that you could be even faster at. Find a longer distance that you've never done before. Or start adding in crazy hills or obstacles to the course. Mm-hmm. Like This, I think, is part of the success of the whole like Spartan races and yeah. all of these like obstacle races. All the OCR races. Right, because... Yeah. It's like, well, running was a pretty good challenge. Running with that big hill in it was a pretty good challenge. But what if I have to drag this log up the hill? Mm -hmm. Like, just add more and more challenges to the thing. Yeah, and people will pay to overcome that adversity. I mean, these, like, Spartan races and obstacle course races are not cheap. Like, they are very expensive for, like, a 5K race. And, like, you know, obviously there's some longer ones, and those those prices just keep going up. But I would say, for the most part, they're at least double of what a typical 5K or, you know, a typical road race runs. So people pay more money in order to put themselves through more challenges in order to then cross that finish line and have that sense of accomplishment accomplishment having overcome everything behind them right that's the thing they set up all this like huge adversity in front of them like look at this look at the distance i'm covering plus these obstacles and climbing up and down this mountain in the middle of it so it gives this huge sense of accomplishment because you were able to overcome all of that challenge yeah our grandparents are probably like laughing at us like our great grandparents that actually had to like do all of those things (laughs) on a daily basis when they were working on the farm and they had to haul bales of hay and you know grandparents i'm pretty sure just parents i'm 
I know my dad for a fact because he told me, and there's no way he would lie about this, <laughs> walked to school uphill in the snow both directions. Both directions. Both directions. Yep, suburban Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's true, though, you know, especially every – as our lives continue to get easier with technology and all of the modern conveniences, a lot of times we try to find things that we can overcome. And that's one of the reasons I think that running has also become so popular. Right, because it actually it creates a challenge when your life is, is going generally pretty smooth. Um, but then it gets to the point sometimes where people are like, well... Life is pretty hard. I, I would like it to be pretty smooth sometimes. I, can I just coast for a little while? And this sort of brings us to our second point that sometimes the challenge is the point. The challenge is the path of getting through life. There's a very popular uh, sort of self-improvement book called The Obstacle is the Way. Um, and it's it's basically set up of life is not supposed to be smooth. You're supposed to have these challenges that get you that tell you that you're heading in the right direction that's the sign that you're going in the right direction moving the smooth direction always taking the easier path and the super smooth road is the sign that you might just be coasting and you're not continuing to improve and strive towards greatness yeah and that's kind of goes along with um, one of the things that we always talk about which is getting out of your comfort zone right like when you get out of your comfort zone and start to challenge yourself that is the road to improvement both in running and in life and as a person like you need to challenge yourself in order for you to grow because through challenges we learn things about ourselves we force ourselves to come up with new stories or new ways to think about the world or new skills that we need to develop in order for us to conquer whatever obstacle is in our path. Exactly. And you need to just stop expecting that there's going to be a perfectly easy path. Right. Okay. Because there's not really a magic shortcut that's going to guarantee a perfectly smooth path through your entire life. That's just not how it works. Yeah. It's like, this is so funny. Like this morning we had our cross country regional meet and this is one of the things that you said to the guys team. Like basically like you guys have been working all season long and you've been working hard. And last week at districts, we weren't sure if we were going to move on to regions. We don't, we're not sure if we were going to qualify. And they, the boys team just squeaked it out. It was the top 10 teams that advanced and they came in 10th place and they just squeaked it out. And they really worked hard to get from districts to regions. And so Kevin basically told them, well, you know, you've worked really hard and that now, like your reward is now another hard race. Right. Like you'd think, okay, well, we did it. We made it out of districts. We qualified for regions. Woohoo. Can we, let's go for a swim in the pool. Let's celebrate. Let's have some cake. But that's, that's not what you got. Your prize is this race. Yeah. Your prize is three more miles of putting yourself through some physical torture. Yeah. Let's go for it. That's, you earned another challenge. Yeah. You earned the next challenge. You earned a chance to prove that you can take it to an even higher level. Right. You earned the chance to, to, push again and they did you yes, know they did. they did like we we went in there as the the bottom team in our district and we finished you know higher than we should have today yes. so they actually did rise up and show like yeah we deserve to be here um you know we didn't then qualify from regions to states which we didn't expect to but they finished the season in a better way than they started the season and they finished it 
better than we thought they were going to. Right. They could have chosen, well, it's the last, it's our last race. There's no way we're qualifying. And they could have just folded Mm -hmm. and just thrown it in and been like, all right, we're going to jog through this race because that's, that's all we need. It doesn't matter. We're getting last. And they didn't. They all, I mean, (laughs) every one of them was pushing through that entire thing. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of pain and struggle on the face Mm -hmm. because it was a race and it mattered. And they, they took it as a race that matters, even knowing okay, no matter how fast I run today, we're probably not going to qualify. So it matters because it matters to me and it matters to my team. It matters to my coach. This is an important thing because they made it important. Exactly. And I think it's important for us to understand that life is going to have ups and downs. That is inevitable. Like we just need to accept that. And then once we accept that, we can then start to battle against these obstacles that come up. And Another important key for us to remember is that there are better ways and there are easier journeys. Like just because struggle and obstacles are inevitable doesn't mean that we have to take the hardest route and try to come up against all of the obstacles that we can. Like they're going to happen. We all know that. Like things happen that are out of our control, but we all have a choice on how we see whatever obstacle it is, like our perspective on that, what we tell ourselves about how hard that obstacle is. And then we also have the choice on how we then deal with that obstacle. And so there are harder ways that you can deal with things. And then there are easier ways that you can deal with things. Right. Like if it's hot outside today, it's, it's South Florida, it's always hot. Uh, we have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. So turn the air conditioning on. Yeah. Like just because it's hot outside doesn't mean that the appropriate way to handle that is to turn the air conditioning off and sit there and try and fan yourself with an actual fan. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, you might also get kind of cooled down or take the easier path. Mm-hmm. Like there is a better way than sitting there attempting to fan yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can choose between like a screwdriver and a power drill and they're both sitting there in front of you, pick up the drill and yeah. just, you know, accomplish the task. Yeah. If you're running down a hot street and one side of the street is shady and one side of the street is sunny, then take the shadier path. Right. There, it does not have to be, every challenge does not have to be taken to the utmost level. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, running is a struggle, but it does not have to be this like absurd, super nearly insurmountable struggle. Mm-hmm. Like there is an easier path. You can find people that can help you down the path. You can find people that have taken the path before and yeah. said, hey, watch out. There's a hole that you have to jump over in the middle. Yes. So you don't have to fall in every hole. Exactly. Exactly. Because, and this is the thing, like learning from other people who have gone before us and have already experienced those challenges are the key. And this is one thing that I try to do in my parenting. I hope that it takes hold. I don't know. You know, you you never really know until the kids are older, but I can see sometimes the things that my, my daughters do or the way that they treat each other or the way that they treat, you know, other people. And I know that I did those things when I was younger and I know the results that that I got when when I did those things and so I'm trying to teach them better ways because I now know better ways like I've been through it I did it the hard way I learned my lessons and now I'm trying to teach you so that you don't have to go through the same difficulties that I went through you don't have to go down that same difficult path there is an easier path and just because you take the easier path doesn't mean that your life is any less 
worthwhile or any less challenging like there's going to be new challenges like every life is going to have a challenge every running journey is going to have challenges so just because you you're taking an easier path doesn't mean that it's any less meaningful right you you were able to find a a shorter way around that one obstacle Mm -hmm. and maybe finding the shorter way around that one creates a new one exactly it led you quicker to the next obstacle that Mm -hmm. it's like oh whoa didn't see that one coming or just creates a new one like not even just maybe they're going to encounter a whole new set of obstacles that I didn't have to deal with right because they took a different path because they took a different path you know like that's the thing and same thing with running journeys like you there are easier ways and more simple more straightforward ways to get from where you are to where you want to be like you don't have to be injured all the time you don't have to be inconsistent with your running so that you're on the bandwagon off the bandwagon that you're you know jumping from race to race like that doesn't have to be your path like it can be an easier path like you can follow a plan that's created by an expert that integrates all the things you need to do to make sure that you stay healthy as a runner because running is hard enough as it is like just getting out there every day and doing the work is challenging like you also you don't need to also be dealing with injuries and sickness and everything else on top of that yeah life and running there's plenty of challenges in them without creating your own challenges without being like i don't know i i realize that there's several books on it and there's an expert standing next to me but instead i'm gonna see if i can figure it out myself Mm -hmm. like no you can you can ask for help you can find a a more straightforward path yeah but i think that a lot of people have that diy mentality especially runners yeah like i'm gonna do it myself like i can figure this out and and there is something very important to be said about that like that does like figuring out it out yourself does create a very good sense of accomplishment in a lot of people but even if you love to do the diy thing like you usually still have a set of instructions. Like think about putting together like a desk or a bookshelf from Ikea, right? Like you can't just like see the pile in front of you and be like, okay, I'll just figure it out. Like you have to follow the instructions if you want it to turn out like the finished product. Look, I have extra pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, once it's done, you still have that sense of accomplishment. You, You are still the one that did that. You just needed a set of directions and instructions to point you in the right direction. Right. I mean, that kind of leads towards the the racing aspect of running. Yeah. You know, like running is this constant experiment and racing is the biggest experiment you've got out there. Like racing is this amazing time where runners get to literally directly confront the challenge in front of them for whatever time and distance they're going for. It's like, here's the challenge. Let's see what I can actually bring. Racing is the thrill of finding that edge just before you fall off into the red zone and seeing how long you can dance on that line. Ooh, dance on the line. Racing <laughs> is is this part where your body is sending you just millions of messages so fast telling you constantly to slow down and at the same time you responding just as quickly, not yet, not slowing down, not happening today. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's racing. That's like here's the challenge and let's see what my what I can actually do against this struggle today. It gives you this perfect opportunity to actually fight. Yeah, because when that challenge starts to feel like too much, this is a perfect time for you just to like take a breath and remember this is the fun part. <laughs> like this is why we do this. This is why we run. This is why we're trying to figure out what we are capable of because how many times does life get 
maybe a little boring or a little easy, right? You are looking for some some sort of challenge. So you you turn to running, you turn to racing because part of you is still questioning like, what am I actually capable of? And it is so fun to figure that out. Like, what are you capable of? What is your potential that you haven't tapped into yet? Yeah, some of the kids on the team have come around on that idea. Some of them were to try and tell them at the starting line, hey, remember, this is the fun part. And they're like, really? <laughs> this this part? Because it's like 95 degrees, coach. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. But this this is what you signed up for. Like, you knew this was going to be a challenging sport when the season began. You did not sign up for the easy sport. You, we're not in air conditioning. This is hard. This is physically and mentally tough. Right. Exactly. So when you do start to encounter these challenges, what is the story that you're telling yourself? And this is something that I've been talking to our kids about all season long, and they are still finally coming around to it. Like I think that especially our girls team, like our girls team has really started to take this on and say like, all right, tell yourself a different story. Like I have used that line with them all season long. And it's so true because when it starts to get hot or when it starts to get hard, like you can tell yourself like, oh, this is too hard. I I can't do this. Like how many times have you had that thought? Like I'm not this fast. Like I can't do this. Like I can't keep this pace. I can't hold this pace for the entire race. And it's like, stop and tell yourself a different story. Like it, it doesn't matter what that story is. Just tell your, start telling yourself something different. Start telling yourself that you can do it. Start telling yourself that it's not that bad. Like whatever it is because pain is perception. Like your experience of pain is just your perception. Yeah. I mean, when I was in college, I, I struggled with trying to write the story because I fell into the trap of thinking that the workouts were designed for people that were faster and stronger and better than me. Because that's the story you were telling yourself. Right. Yeah. It was kind of a, a rough setup because when I, I talked to the coach about walking onto the team, he listed off the level of like all Americans and state champions and Canadian national champions that I would be training with. And so the setup literally was these guys are at this level level, you're at this level, and I designed the workouts for them, you can keep up if you can. Right. So like this, sto- the, the storybook was handed to me mm-hmm. and I chose to read it. Right. But the <laughs> thing is like you, and, and it's true, like those guys were faster than you. They were at a higher level in their running journey than you currently were. But the story that you then told yourself was, I can't keep up with them or like, I can't run that workout because I'm not as fast as they are. Right. And it led me to backing off in workouts way before I needed to. It was like, okay, well, we're going to do five by a mile at whatever pace. And it's like, oh, well, there's no way I can hold that pace because it's designed for someone better, stronger, faster than me. Mm -hmm. And so when I would start struggling on like the second rep, the third rep, I would start pulling back. I didn't need to start pulling back at that. I had more in it, but I was telling myself this terrible story of, well, I'm not going to be able to finish the entire workout. I won't be able to stay with them to the end. I guess this is where it starts to break down. Yeah. I might as well pull back now. Right. I, it was preemptive. It was like, uh, don't test and see to try and find your own limits. Just say, all right, my limits are clearly below where they need to be for this workout and just start falling off. Right. But who put those limits there? Exactly. That's the problem is I, I put the, the limits there myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, in looking back now in growing up and, and maturing a little bit and being able to look back, I can see that I was the one actually putting the limits. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there are some physical limits. Like 
on that day, there is, in fact, I could not have kept up with the top guy on the team. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was not physically happening. Right. But I could have done better than I did. Mm-hmm. I was putting this restriction of, I can't be as good as him, therefore I can't be good, period. That was my problem, is I can't be that good, and so I just decided to not even try and push my own limits. Yeah, and that's one of the negatives of comparison, right. you know, comparisonitis. It's one of those things that you're like, well, if I can't be at this level, then I might not even might as well not even try. That was pretty much how I went through several years and then it led me to be all super resentful towards running in the first place because I used to enjoy it. Like that whole part of like living right on the edge of seeing where where it is the red zone versus kind of finding orange dangerous zone. I loved that. Like it was super exciting and I got to college and I I didn't test that level anymore. I just kept throwing it in, you know, in workout after workout. And then that became the thing of, oh, this workout's going to get too hard and I fall off. And I had to step away from running in order to find that love again, in order to find that part where I can try and physically push myself for the excitement of seeing if I can do it. Yeah. Why do you think that that happened in college because in high school you weren't the number one guy on your team either and was it because you were closer to the top of your team in high school versus like in college where you were kind of like the low man on the totem pole like what do you think was the difference in your mindset between you know loving that challenge and loving to push yourself into the orange and the red versus like completely pulling back and saying I can't do this I I'm not sure I really don't. And I'm not sure how hard I pushed through high school. Like, I'm trying to think back to those practices. Like, how deep was I digging off of those ones? Could you have been faster in high school also? Right. But, I mean, one of the other things is during workouts in high school, I could push towards the front of the pack. Mm -hmm. In a race, I wasn't necessarily with that guy, but I was close to the top guy. So in workouts, I was able to, to, you know, sustain. I had better endurance than several of the guys on the team. They could beat me in pure speed, like in a straight up sprint, but I could, I had the longer distance. So I had a good spot on the team. I didn't feel like I was so far behind. And so why push in the first place? I think that's part of it. So you think it was because you were closer to the front? front of that pack right like you were close at least closer to the people that you wanted to be with in college I started you know in my mind building this like massive divide between the top and me and clearly I couldn't leap over that chasm I mean and so why do you completely couldn't then the coach would just have told you that by the sounds of it like you know he probably wouldn't have even let you walk onto the team at all well I mean the the guidelines for walk-on at 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 our school are a little different than guidelines at some of the other schools. Cause I've, I've known kids who tried to walk on in college and at the start of the season, the coach literally has a race and he's like, if you can finish under this time, you make it as the walk on. And at our school, it was, I'm designing workouts for these guys. You can hang on until you don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there, it was a self cutting walk on yeah. philosophy. That's how the coach ran it. Mm-hmm. And in the first like week, there were seven or eight walk-ons, and about half of them disappeared by the end of that first week. Yeah, they didn't. The coach didn't walk over and tell them, "Please don't come back tomorrow." Mm-hmm. They just didn't come back. The but next how day. interesting is that too? Like it, a self-cut. Like yep. You know, mm-hmm. you cut yourself. Just that idea right there. Like those guys or you. You know, those those guys decided for themselves. Like nope, that's too much. I'm not going to do it anymore. 
Yeah, and at some point I I mentally decided that I was not getting anything out of running on the team. Right. And I took that little break and then then there was that one day over in the middle of the winter, I don't know, like January or something. I just remember there was a lot of snow on the ground and uh and my one of my friends was like, "How fast do you think you could run the mile? Cuz you haven't run in a while." And I was like, "Well, I don't know. I I wonder if I could still break five. And that's how I completely went into it was I wonder what I can do. And we went over to the indoor track and I, I went for it. And that was suddenly this like new burst of excitement about running is I went back into that experimental mindset. Mm -hmm. I stopped having the comparison of myself to somebody else. It was, it was an empty track. Like that's what it was. There was, I was in there running and my friend was in there who was, also just kind of curious what was going to happen. If I broke five, we were going to go get dinner. If I didn't break five, we were going to go get dinner. Like the yeah. after the run part <laughs> was the same plan. And he didn't care. It was just like, huh, wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. And so it completely changed every, literally like every run since that day has, has had just a little bit more of that experimental mindset. I stopped having this just massive comparison of I can't go with those guys. Yeah. You know. That's with, cool. With a few minor issues along the way of trying to come back. And then that one half marathon where I tried to compete against a kid that in I remember coaching against. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't go smoothly. So did you break five? I broke five. I, I almost threw up, but I did break five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we got dinner. And then you got dinner. <laughs> so that's cool. So I think that, you know, that's a perfect example of how you just told yourself a different story. And you went into that with a totally different frame of mind because – Previously, like breaking five or like staying with the, the guys, the top guys on the team, you were just telling yourself, I can't do it. And then now all of a sudden, like your you know friend just says like, hey, can you do this? And you're like, oh, I don't know. So then you just went into it with a completely experimental mindset, like just to see what you were capable of. Yeah, there was no one that I was trying to keep up with. Yeah. I mean, it was and no one that you were trying to impress. Right. It was hard to to have a comparison to somebody else when it was me running loops at the track. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that's interesting. And like you, you then became like the challenge then became, well, can I do this? Like instead of saying I can't do this, it was now, well, can I still do this? And that's like a totally different frame of reference to be coming from. It's completely different. Yeah. So now that you, you know, don't have the team anymore and like you're out there, like you don't really run with a group like I do. Like I run with a group and I love running with my group and I love running with people that are faster than me because they do challenge me to get faster. And like when things start to get harder, then I tell myself like, oh, I just have to like keep up with my friend, like just keep up with her. Don't let her pass me, like whatever it is, that's in order to help me push myself to that point. But you don't really run with people anymore. Um, and so I think that like a lot of times running with people is easier if you put music on and you just kind of like go like that can be easier and take some of the challenge out of running. Um, but you have a new way that you do it. Yeah. One of the ways that I like to challenge myself is is the treadmill at, at the school gym uh, because the treadmill, it stares into a blank wall. Like a completely blank wall. Very stark now because they repainted the gym. So it's, so it's just, nice and bright now? Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> a blank wall. And the, the wall is like right in front of the treadmill. There's no window. There's no shadows. It's just you staring out there. Um, that the battery, would be awful. The battery on my phone doesn't work long enough for me to stream music the entire time. So it's usually me in a quiet gym. The sound is the sound of the treadmill and my own personal footfall. That's, that's it. Yeah. And... 
all I've got out like on that treadmill is my own inner voice. And the idea at that point is what, what is the voice going to say? Is the voice going to say, well, not today. Today is too hard. You have to quit. Or can I flip it and say, no, I'm good. I've got this. It's allowed me to come up with so many different tricks about, you know, breaking it down into shorter distances or trying to create like step out of my own body and, and just sort of experience this knowing that this is a pace that I can handle, like whatever it is, visualizing someplace else where I'm, I'm not feeling as much physical pain, like a lot of different ways that I've come up with because there's nothing around me that can distract. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's forced you to come up with different mental strategies in order to keep yourself focused and hitting that pace because Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Like, no one's going to know if you slow down. Like, no one's going to know if you press that down arrow on the treadmill. No, that, except you. Yeah, that that is a completely empty gym. Like, it's it's in the office or it's in the uh, net, right next door to the athletic director. If the if I hit the slow down button, if I hit the stop button and call it a day, he's still going to think that I ran for a really long time mm-hmm. because anything over two seems super to him because he's a basketball <laughs> coach. So over two miles is is kind of ridiculous. So he's, he doesn't care how long I'm in there for. It doesn't really matter to him. So the only person that I'm really trying to impress is myself. Right. And that takes us perfectly into our final point, which is it's time to write a new story. It's time to write your own story. And when you write your story, guess what? You get to be the hero of the story. Like that's the beautiful thing. Like so many times I think that people fall into a victim type of mentality and that is so unhealthy and it is not going to get you anywhere in life. Like that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Like people that have that victim mentality that just thinks that the world is out to get them and that, you know, everybody's against them and that there's nothing they can do to make anything better. Like That is such a lie that you're telling yourself. Like, so, A, I hope that that's not you. Um, And if you know people in your life that are like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about, especially if that's not you. Because if you are not a victim, you are, like, it's very clear other people around you that do play the victim, okay? So if you are, you know, if you do tend to find yourself allowing yourself to fall into the role of victim and think that you don't have any control, first of all, you're wrong, okay? Because you have complete control over your life. You may not have full control over every single thing that happens or every single situation that comes your way, but you have control over how you perceive that situation. You have control over your thoughts about it and the way that you react to it. Yeah, I like that you go with you're not the victim, but you're also not just passively moving through the story. Yeah. Like, you're not just like one of the... You're not a townsperson. Right. (laughs) And Townsperson number two. Yes, exactly. That's that's not your role in the story. You're the hero of this story. And the hero is the point of the story. And the hero does not have this like super smooth path. That would be a terrible story to read. Mm -hmm. Like, everything was great. The hero walked along a perfectly paved path and then saved the princess at the end. Like, that's not how it works. But the princess was still in, in peril. Yes. But they but they always have to fight a dragon or right. something. And that's the thing. Like the, the or the princess saves herself. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nailed it. You know, but like the the knight has to go and slay the dragon. The runner has to pound out mile after mile after mile. Like there are challenges that must be overcome that the hero has to battle these dips. Like that's how the stories go is things are going smooth. Then there's a challenge. The hero overcomes the challenge, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, slaying the dragon, running the miles, the parent that has to endure tears and tantrums and this ridiculous roller coaster of emotions from the children. Oh, like, Lord what, have mercy. Whatever it is, there's going to be the challenge. But the hero is the hero because the hero overcomes. At the end, the hero always finds the way. So be the hero in your journey and find your way. Right, because your story is yours and yours alone. You are the author of your story. And you can write whatever story you want with whatever ending you want. Like, you can overcome whatever is put there. And I am a firm believer that things are put in our path to teach us lessons, to make us stronger people, and then allow us to help others along that path or help others to avoid some of those things that we had to go through. Like, I firmly believe that that's why we encounter a lot of challenges in life and it doesn't always make sense. And people always are like, why is this happening to me? Or why do bad things happen to good people? And it's really because that's happening because you are a strong enough person to handle that. Whatever it is, like you can handle whatever is put in your path. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. And it is your job to figure out a way to get past that, to move on, and to become a stronger person because of it. That's what makes you the hero, because you overcome, because you are in charge, because you find the way. That's also what makes you a real-life runner. <laughs> and speaking of real-life runners, it's now time for us to recognize our runner of the week. Woohoo! All right, time for a drum roll? Yeah, go ahead. And there's the drum roll. So... Our runner of the week comes to us from sunny and hot South Florida. And this person is someone that I have the wonderful blessing and pleasure of knowing personally who has changed my running life for the better in many, many ways. And um, I am blessed to know her and to call her a friend. And this week's runner of the week is Shelly Bernat. Woohoo! There it is. All right, so Shelly wrote us a beautiful note and said, My husband ran several marathons, and I distinctly remember being amazed as I watched the people who came across the finish line. I thought that many of them didn't, quote-unquote, look like runners. Shortly after, I decided to try running, and even after two half marathons, I still didn't identify as a runner. So being recognized as runner of the week is quite emotional for me. It wasn't until I started working with Angie and Kevin that I truly embraced the identity of being a runner. She continues, the podcast is my friend on lonely runs and has helped me to understand so much more about running than I ever imagined. I love that the lessons in the podcast relate to real life, not just running. I often laugh while I am listening to it because Angie and Kevin are so relatable and funny. I am thankful beyond words for how Angie and Kevin have helped me to rewrite not only my running story, but my life story. Did you know what we were talking about this week, Shelley? Because, I mean, rewriting the story... 
Like, I, she nailed that. I, she sent the email before the outline was written, so I, I don't <laughs> think she pulled that off. Yeah, I don't even know how she knew. It's like you almost knew what we were going to talk about this mm-hmm. week. So, anyway, congratulations, Shelly. We are so blessed that you are a part of the tribe, and we are so thankful for all of your posts and contributions um, about your running journey, and you inspire so many people with what you do and how consistent you are and I just want you to know that because I think sometimes we all kind of question and take for granted um, how much we influence other people out there or, or we don't even realize it you know mm-hmm. and and Shelly's one of those person those people that just influences people positively in so many ways without her even realizing it yes she is stepping into the role of the hero of her own life story that she is and she has fully like embraced this and embodied this idea and so we could not be happier to recognize you as our runner of the week this week so if you would like some additional help becoming the real life runner that you deserve to be learning all of the skills and the tools and the things that you need to run your life and to really assume the identity of runner and really see what you have inside of you how much are you able to accomplish how can you unlock your potential and rewrite your story we've got some exciting news for you We are opening the doors to the brand new Real Life Runners Training Academy. We are looking for a small group of very committed individuals who are looking to completely transform their running life as founding members of this new training academy. Doors open on November 11th. If you are interested in becoming one of these opening founding members, you can check out the the website to put your name onto the waiting list and get all of the updates as soon as they are coming out. Be the first one when the doors open and the website they head to is RLR Training academy.com there you go there you go so we really hope that you'll you'll consider this check out the website if you'd like some more information about what this entails like kevin said like this is a very small exclusive group of founding members that are going to go through this beta program to help us design this to serve so many people like the things that we've got planned for this program already like the the modules and the lessons that we've created already are so good they're just going to revamp like things about your mindset your breathing pacing speed work effort level training like all of the things that you need to know to become a better runner and to become a real life runner to make running work in your real life. It's going to include strength training and mobility to keep you out of that injury cycle and once and for all, you know, so that you can just take charge of your running in your life. So we really, really hope that you'll check out the website, rlrtrainingacademy.com for more information and jump on our waiting list there so that you can be the first to know when the program is open so that you can have one of those initial founding member spots we would love to have you inside of the academy and uh, check out that website for more information and as always thank you so much for spending this time with us today whether you're on your run on your drive or anywhere in between we appreciate the time that you spend with us and the fact that you choose us to listen to so thank you for that this has been the real life runners podcast episode number 112 now get out there and run your life